Welcome back to New Goggles. I really think you're going to enjoy this one. Breaking free from Satan's propaganda machine. Advertising is all around us. Messaging through our news, through billboards, through signs, through packaging. The enemy, not all of it is the enemy, obviously, but essentially the propaganda machine is everywhere and the prince of the air spends billions and billions of dollars every single year to penetrate your mind that's right this is a battle for the mind because again and i have to just keep repeating this everything starts in the spiritual and then it will manifest in the physical So the battle for your mind is the spiritual end of it. And Satan, the prince of the air, has wanted to penetrate absolutely every aspect of society. And as you've noticed, the world is completely upside down right now. Like, just look at what has happened in the last uh, couple years You know, people have done things they never thought they would do before. People were volunteering to stay in their house to protect society. Uh, People, good people, were, you know, going out and uh, taking potions that uh, because they want to protect their grandmother. They want to protect those around them. And by the way, those are good people. They just believe they're doing the right things for society. So does propaganda work? Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Right now, the propaganda is uh, going, you know, uh, it's a battle against the family. Uh, Should we procreate? You know, is it too expensive to procreate? We have inflation. You know, they're planting all of these ideas. By the way, if there's a lack of food, they're already telling you eating bugs might be a good solution for you. Now you're thinking, Jeff, this is crazy. I'm never going to eat bugs. <laughs> you probably didn't think you were going to lock yourself in your home for a couple of years either. And I'm not saying you're going to fall for it. The whole point of this particular exercise is to actually break free from what the propaganda machine and it comes right from pharaoh himself it's nimrod it's the antichrist uh the prince of the air his dominion uh that he has his demonic generals that are out there uh look we have to start attacking them um jesse was right uh in some of her teachings with this and we do have to start going against Uh, these demonic forces, and not so much worrying about ourselves, but worrying about uh, what is, you know, influencing ourselves. And yeah, you've been influenced by demons. I have been too. And uh, I'm going to give you some solutions. Uh, They're, you know, not all easy, but I'm going to give you some solutions in this. And we have to start removing ourselves from this this whole thing so again you know the uh, the world system and i'm going to be talking a little bit about the financial part of it because it's always a big part of it everyone needs to survive um and the 
Marxist model that they're trying to bring in right now. Uh, obviously, that goes against what God uh, wants us to do. So God's not a Marxist, <laughs> for certain. Uh, and, you know, capitalism is, I'd say, close to what God's system is, but capitalism is investing, it's buying and selling, and uh, God's kingdom is sowing and reaping. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening, and there's really a dichotomy right there between the buying and selling and sowing and reaping. And if you took uh, the Creating Wealth Through Stewardship course, you'll know one of the real axioms or master principles in that uh, is that you need to start really being disciplined in deferred consumption. And this is going to be one of the greatest tools that you have that will work and start to break free from this propaganda machine. Yes, they are absolutely correlated. And so deferred consumption, you know, there's billboards alongside of every highway. Um, you know, we see commercials, we see subliminal messaging, we uh, see celebrity endorsements of different things. And, you know, you think, well, I don't even like that celebrity. But when you're in that grocery store, for instance, and you see this attractive packaging and, oh, you know what? I think that that's going to be good. Because someone told you, don't know where it came from. And it might have been just because you drove by that billboard. Listen, they put up billboards for a reason. They work. They cost thousands of dollars a month each. And, you know, quite a bit, uh, depending on the location. Uh, real estate's expensive. So these things do work. And one of the best things you can do, just on a real practical level, is to make a list and only go and get what is on your list. <laughs> okay, I fall short of this myself, I'm being honest with you, but uh, if we want to truly see the world through new goggles, and you know that's the premise of this whole thing, obviously it's to be more aligned with God's kingdom system and to get out of the deceptive deception that uh, Satan has created. Like, you know, we are living in the matrix and we want to escape the matrix to, uh, to coin a phrase. So um, the propaganda machine is constantly placing ideas in your head and it's coming at us from everywhere. And so we want to be able to defeat those ideas that they come from because those ideas in your head again attacking the mind they can manifest into the physical world and that could be you just certainly buying a product uh, but these ideas do have consequences so obviously we're going to have to guard where we get our information from um, we have to question our motivations on what information do we actually need? What information are we searching for? Uh, look, if you've followed me on, uh, on this platform for the last year and a half, we have spent a tremendous time looking at the occult. 
And the occult is fascinating, and I certainly believe that we should know our enemy and that we should be looking at some of these things. But how much time have we spent looking into the occult and things that really don't benefit us in any way uh, because they're fascinating, because we think we're arming ourselves, but uh, to really arm ourselves is to really focus on the word of God. And that's the sword. That's the sword of the spirit is word, you know? So um, where has our focus been and why has it been? We do have to check our motivations uh, very much so in this. And and as we do, we're going to move away from the, what the world has taught us to be a, very selfish, I-centered, pride. What is the middle letter in pride? I, a very selfish society to go move into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has nothing to do with I, has nothing to do with pride, has nothing to do with selfishness. Look, we always have to take care of ourselves. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But We need to make some changes in the way we look at the world, the way we measure it, and particularly how we measure success, because the world's definition of success, uh, I'm going to suggest to you, uh, and we're going to get more into this as the uh, uh, teaching progresses, but our definition of success definitely needs to change. So... A couple of things that the uh, Prince of the Air has done, what Pharaoh has been teaching us through his propaganda machine. And if you look at it, in fact, there's uh, some been some great posts uh, lately on, you know, the uh, origins of our education system. And, you know, some of it points to what they've uh, done in countries like Russia and things like that, and they moved it over. Uh, to basically mitigate critical thinking. And have we seen that happen in society lately? (laughs) Yeah, not too many of us are thinking critically. Uh, But it really came from uh, the Greek teaching. And the whole idea is to tell you what to think and not teach you how to think has been the purpose of our education system. So Uh, When you look at essentially what the way our uh, our schools work, and uh, particularly in the last 100, maybe even 150 years, and what they teach and how it is different from what God teaches. And I'm not going to give you the scriptures to back this part up, but I just think that you're going to understand it on very basic level. So um, the Greek way of thinking uh, was really, and this is the intellects and stuff, and they want to plant these ideas in your mind so it's just off of what God does. It's similar, but it's off. So youth culture, you know, we're always concerned, and even in the church, you know, we got to get that youth culture happening. But God isn't really about youth culture. He's about, you know, honoring for all ages. He's about, he's a long-term thinker. Um, He believes that, you know, things should be passed down generationally. 
you know, parents should teach and grandparents should teach our kids. And so that really brings it down to like, you know, we send our kids to school and we have professional teachers that are teaching a curriculum that they are told to and paid to teach. And yet, uh, and, and by the way, I'm not against school uh, by any means, but what way did God do it? Uh, God was discipling. He was mentoring. He was walking with them. Grab my yoke. Let me walk with you. You want you, you want you want to know the best way to educate someone? Work right beside them. Get in the ditch with them. You know, grab a shovel. Uh, and you want to see the measure of a person? Work with them. You want to really get to know someone? Work with them. And that's what discipling is. That is the most effective way, rather than memorizing formulas and things like that. Again, uh, it's discipleship more than just sitting there following their thing. And also, you know, one of the ways that they teach in schools, and it's very humanistic. It's always looking through a human lens where, you know, God says you're a child of the king, and he wants you to look through his lenses. He want, He gave us an instruction book, folks. So he's very theocentric. Um, and he looks at the world much differently. Again, there's buying and selling, there's sowing and reaping, but the battle for your mind has been overwhelming. So we have to start changing these principles. By the way, I should have mentioned this up at the top. Uh, if you do not have a pen and paper handy, go get it. Uh, pause the video, rewind, whatever you need to do, um, or watch it twice and take your notes. But you do want to take notes. This is life-changing, folks. Uh, trust me, this will, uh, you know, even just that main principle that I started off with, if having delayed uh, consumption, you know, putting off, don't just buy spur of the moment. Uh, don't fall into that because that is most likely prop propaganda working in you. Just do that delayed consumption and you're going to see, oh, but it's on sale. I had to buy it. <laughs> oh, okay. I got to get back to that. I'll get back to that. So the other thing is, you know, we are taught that the best way to be educated, and so the way you gather information, and that's what we're talking about here, is the world system says, well, yeah, going and getting teachers and being lectured is the best way. But again, the opposing view, the kingdom view, is, is more training and discipling, walking with them. And... Uh, you know, the, the world teaches, and there's a couple things that are very true. You know, your network is your net worth, they say. Uh, your, you know, your monetary value in life is going to be probably the median of the five closest people uh, that surround you. And that's very true. Um, so the world really pushes that, and they push association. And association is good, having people around you. <clears throat> excuse me, is obviously good. We're meant to be social creatures. But do you know what God's way of putting that instead of association, having a, you know, your social circle is? God believes in covenant. 
So if you get married, do you make a covenant? Yeah. Is God in favor of that? Yeah. Does God make a covenant with us? Absolutely. If you're a parent, do you have a covenant to your child? Yes. How about having a true friend? You know, the, the, the world says that uh, uh, a friend will help you move, a good friend will help you move the body. <laughs> Everyone's heard that before. Uh, but really, having a good friend, knowing that someone is who is in covenant with you will have your back in those tough times. It's most of us, I'll tell you, it's, you know, if you can, if you can count, uh, you know, past five people in your life that really, really have your back, um, including family members, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. I, and I mean, in a real situation, um, so another thing that the world is trying to get you to think is to just trying to think of dualism. Everything is dualism. There's the whole left-right paradigm that they do, uh, you know, good, evil. You know, they try to put everything into a box. Um, it's got to be one or the other. But what God teaches is more unified, that... Uh, you know, your spirit and creation are the same because you are a creator. You are son and daughter of the creator. We are meant to create things. We, uh, you know, we're not, it doesn't have to go this way or that way because the world says it. No, 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 no. We've been put in a box by that way of thinking. And the other thing is that, uh, you know, the world teaches us knowledge is power. Okay, and there's truth to it. Again, you can't sell something uh, without having some truth in it. And, uh, you know, if I was doing a seminar right now, I'd say, hey, raise your hand if you believe that knowledge is power. And I'd say pretty much everyone would raise their hand. But you know what true power is? You know what God says is power? The strength of your character. Yeah. The strength of your character. You can have all the knowledge. Look, you can have the knowledge of good and evil. Does that bring you power? Well, maybe. Temporary. Maybe some uh, short-term gratification. But it's your character that goes with you forever. Uh, the other way that I would mention is, uh, this is a difficult one. Because, you know, Jesus says, come let us reason together. And I've been recently covering Acts. And, you know, Paul would go into the synagogues and he would reason with them. And, you know, he would teach from the scriptures and prove his point and stuff like that. But uh, so that's not bad uh, to say that, to, to reason, obviously. But I would say we want to move away from just reasoning and to start walking in more revelation. And revelation comes from God's word. So we can study the cabal, we can study the occult and all the things they, they do, and we can come up with reasonable assumptions, or we can talk to different, uh, you know, sects of the church, you know, the Presbyterians or the Baptists and stuff like that, and try to reason with them. But wouldn't it be better to just operate in revelation? 
put a comment below on that one for me. Tell me what you think the difference between uh, reason and revelation are. And by the way, and I don't ask uh, to do this enough, but please hit that like. I put a lot of work into this. This is years and years of study of my notes uh, from you know, buying courses and having mentors and being discipled. Um, so that's where all this comes from. And, uh, you know, if you could hit the like for me, I would very much appreciate it. So all of our societies work off of major paradigms. And these are just the, simply the way that we think. And the way we have been programmed by Pharaoh's system, Pharaoh knows exactly how your mind works. And so he puts in these paradigms, and these are presuppositions. So you will presuppose, if this happens, that this will happen. But is that, and this is a fundamental question for you, is it knowledge or is it truth? Say that again. When you're examining anything that's coming in and where you're getting your content, is it knowledge or is it truth? Do you watch YouTube shows that just uh, give you a ton of knowledge and then just a, a little bit of truth? And what is truth? Well, truth is the word of God. That's the only thing that stands up. Look, Jeff will uh, say a lot of untruths, uh, not purposefully, I don't intend to deceive, but I'm going to mess up once in a while. Uh, and you will too. But God hasn't messed up. He has left out truth. So what are you getting? What is it coming? Is it knowledge or is it truth? And is all knowledge bad? No. No. But what are you really after when you're going and looking for that knowledge? Ask yourself that. Seriously. What are you really after? And then, when you have that information, what did you hope or what did you want to find? Because, you know, if you really have a presupposition of what you want to find, um, you'll find it. Remember in Chapter 1, the... Uh, Mind justifies the desires of the heart. See how this works? You really want to, uh, someone wants to do an expose on Jeff. Okay, so they will look, they will look, they will look until they find what they want to do to, uh, to expose me or uh, me to someone else. Um, if you really, really look hard enough, the mind justifies the desires of the heart. And then what happens is you've, uh, you've gone after this information, you've analyzed it, you've tried to make it into what you want, and the reason why you do it, because the world teaches us, these are the suppositions they've been planted into you. Now you're already thinking, how am I want to present this information? Because it has to fit your agenda. Yeah, I listen, I, I paused there because I wanted you to hear that. It has to fit your agenda. And what is your agenda? Well, 
what am I hoping that others will do with the information that I just provided to them? Some tough questions. And this really all comes down to, and if, I hope I'm explaining this well, but all of those things, when you look at what am I really after, what am I going to do with it, um, you know, how am I going to present it, how is it going to fit my agenda, that all comes back to the left-right paradigm. That's why they do liberal conservative, the left versus the right, black and white, yin and yang, what's up is down, what's down is up. That's Pharaoh's system, folks. Let's put on new goggles. We have to start looking in the world in a much different way. And uh, I'll just give you a couple uh, scriptures for that. Uh, write down Deuteronomy uh, 17, verse 6, Ecclesiastes 4, verses 10 to 12. And uh, yeah. <clears throat> so we are really been taught falsely that there's many ways to see things. You know, you can look at it from a philosophy standpoint, uh, religiously. But the world wants you to believe in something that I'm going to call neutral facts. So they, the presuppositions they try to implant in your mind, and it's these presuppositions that when you come to a master decision, like a main decision in your life, you're going to base it on all these presuppositions that have put in there. And so they, they're, they've been organizing our minds, all of our lives, uh, to think these ways. And when you put in neutral facts, it means it really has no bearing on, uh, on society. And it looks like here, here's a one thing, like I, you know, would I go out and wear a pink jumpsuit in public? Now, a jumpsuit might be very comfortable. It might be practical. But people are going to think I'm gay if I wore that, you know? Uh, what kind of style am I presenting myself as? And, and don't get the visual in your mind, by the way. Don't get the visual of that. <laughs> It'll never happen. But so... I've been told by the world, and I have all these presuppositions, that I could never go out in public in a pink jumpsuit. And I will never go out in public in a pink jumpsuit because of that. I'm just saying. The programming works, folks. Uh, pink is a nice color. A jumpsuit? Man, listen, we, you know, Air Force guys wear jumpsuits. You know, it's cool to wear a jumpsuit. Those guys are studs. But a pink jumpsuit? No. no the world tells us we can't. Uh, <laughs> well, certain people can't. I, uh, I can't. <laughs> so, listen, going forward, knowing whom to listen to and who not 
to listen to is going to be very critical in breaking this cycle and freeing our minds. And what is the goal of this? It's something I've been working on for over 20 years. And honestly, you know, in uh, it talks about praying. Paul talks about praying ceaselessly. How do you do that? We can't be on our knees all the time. Well, we know that God hears every single thought. So if we can transform our minds and be free from the connection with the world, and we're called to live in this world, you know, don't hear anything I'm not saying, but we're not to be part of this world. So how do we do that? It's by getting out of this world, not letting the world control our minds. And as we do that, we will be able to communicate more clearly with God and actually talk with God as if he's a friend, as if he's a loving father to you, which he is, and to be able to process your thoughts all around, well, God, okay, what about this? What about this? Should I do this? Should I say this? Why not do that instead of relying on our presuppositions? Well, there's the old analogy that, uh, you have to, if you have a cup half full already, God can only fill the other half. If you can empty more of the world and what Satan has placed in your mind, out of your mind, then God has more room to come in and fill you up. Oh, there's going to be some hard truths in this, folks. <laughs> All right. So how we see things through the lenses in which we look at the world and how we relate to the world will actually manifest in how your energy produces the things around you. This is not new age, folks. This is not new age. But it really will affect everything, how you see things. Like some people... Uh, you know, always walk into a room, they see negativity, and then they produce negativity. Have you ever had that person who walks into the room and they just suck the life out of the room? You know, misery loves company sort of thing. Well, that exists. But yet there's someone else who walks into the room and lights up the room. And the whole atmosphere of that room changes because this person walked in and this person is usually very positive. So. Um, some more scriptures. Again, I could read all the scriptures. These teachings would take way too long, and I don't want to derive you of the pleasure of looking them all up yourselves. So look at Galatians uh, 6, 7, James 4, 1, and even the Psalms 101, verses 6 and verses 7. And I think those will uh, back up some of the things that we're going to say right here. So, um, just because you have a good idea, does it mean it's a God idea? Well, it's good. It has to come from God. Huh. Well, if God has an idea that he put into your 
life, you will not have to force it. You will just have to move forward. God will open up doors for you. Um, look, it's not always a cakewalk. <laughs> Certainly, look at the apostles. Uh, but God opens the doors and God makes ways for you. And that's how you know it's a God idea and not just a good idea. And so when we get a God idea, we, it goes back to reaping and sowing. So you can plant this good idea and then the good idea will grow. Look, I five years ago, almost probably to the date, because I just renewed the URL, God gave me a project that I'm going to be launching after I do this series. And uh, essentially, it's to transform neighborhoods. Is the, uh, uh, you know, community by community by community, a duplicatable process uh, that is going to transform. And God gave me this task five years ago. I even registered the URL. I knew it was a brilliant idea. I knew it came from God because it's based on God's word. But I wasn't released to do it. So I have to plant it. And then, and by the way, five years ago, I had no idea I'd be doing a podcast. And it turns out that this podcast might be important to help launch that. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that God has put in. So I've always known I'm called to do this particular project, which I'm going to be launching soon. And I hope to get uh, your involvement in it uh, because it's good. It's really good. Um, but we had to plant it and the things have to start growing and God has to start putting things around. I said yes to the idea. I said, yes, God, I will do that. And it was totally different than what I'm doing. I was doing five years ago and even more different than what I'm doing right now. <coughs> Although God has been using this thing to prepare me uh, to, to do these things. So sometimes you just have to, Take it, say yes, and then when God says step forward, but keeping these things that God plants into your mind and just letting them marinate and then see God, look to God for the signs. Again, this goes back to that conversation having with God, with all of your thoughts. Okay, God, oh, oh, does that, when something happens in your life, does that relate to what God is doing here? Uh, is this going to help reach that goal? That, that project that God has put into your heart. So you're going to start to internalize those things that come from God. And then when the time is right, it will all externally produce. Um, I got to be careful here because, you know, it's really good when you're looking at something that God gives you uh, to, you know, there's visualization exercises and, you know, that's kind of new age, I guess, but yet is it, you know, partly biblically true? You know, I just think back, uh, you know, a week ago, I heard a sermon, uh, thanks to Dewey, on, uh, you know, when the Israelis uh, took over Jericho. And they 
saw the result because God says, no, you're going to take this. Um, they didn't know exactly how it was going to do, but God said, okay, walk around the city. They walked around the city. And so they saw the end result. They knew what it would be, but they had to walk with God to get there. And so knowing what you think is going to be the result is, is a good thing, but be open to what God's result is. So again, removing the things the world has taught you, you got to visualize your dream, man. You know, you have to, and those things, there is an element of truth to it. But they take God out of the equation. And we want to, if God puts something in your mind and you say, yeah, that's a God idea, not just a good idea, a God idea. Well, how am I going to get there? Well, I'm going to get there by walking with God, by searching out his word, by looking at what God is doing to help prepare me for that, to help prepare you for that, to help prepare others who are around us to do those things. Ah. Mm. All right, I'm looking at my notes here and I'm trying to remember exactly how this fits in. But one element that is really crucial in changing the way that we think and when we're taking on new thinking from better sources is repentance. Uh, we are called to repent in just about everything. And we literally have so many layers in our mind that have been infiltrated by the enemy. We really should repent um, more often about these things. And even, as I say, we're going into that grocery store, and I don't normally buy, uh, you know, cookies or whatever it is, but, you know, I saw that billboard, I saw this, and and then you justify in your mind, well, you know what, I deserve a treat today. I, uh, I lost 10 pounds. I can do a bag of cookies. It wasn't on my list, but I deserve it. The mind justifies the desires of the heart, and we need to start to put away get away from that stuff and just start walking with God. Um, so we are being brainwashed and there's only a couple ways to get away from it. Um, and again, We've heard, learned so much about MK Ultra and things like that in the last few years that this even makes so much more sense to me than when, you know, I originally started doing this. I, I'm growing in it, and obviously God knew I would learn about MK Ultra and all these things and the different filing systems in our mind and the way they start to materialize these things into your mind by implanting these into your uh subconscious and then letting it go move up to your conscious your subconscious controls your conscious so that's why billboards work that's why um you know you like a radio personality and the radio personality says hey my pillow is the best 
And so you go out and buy a my pillow. By the way, my pillow is the best pillow that I've ever done. I don't get paid to say that, folks. Uh, and he's, you know, doing some important stuff. Uh, so the devil has been going after our mindsets. And so analyzing where we get our information from, why we want that information, what are we going to do with it? Is it the tree of good of knowledge, uh, knowledge of good and evil, or is it coming from the tree of life, folks? Uh, and what is your motivation in getting it? Um, one of the things that I have had to do more than once, and, and actually I'm doing it right now. Um, <laughs> some of you might, uh, it, it's probably a little bit sad. You know, uh, you think because I'm a podcaster and I'm actually in connection with a lot of people. I do phone calls all day long. Um, I do a lot of recording, obviously. I do a lot of research. I, I live a very busy life, but I lead a very lonely life. Uh, other than, you know, my immediate family, I don't see a lot of people. I don't socialize much. I don't have any, many uh, true friends. I do have a couple, and uh, but life has changed. Everyone gets kids and stuff like that. You're not hanging out every single weekend like we used to. And, you know, life changes, and that's just part of the evolution of life, uh, you know, as we go into different phases in our life. But I have had to go and spend time in the wilderness. Uh, and most people who have had impact, I would say, of biblical proportion, don't you want to do that? Don't you want to run your course and fulfill your and fulfill what God has for you? Well, you're going to have to separate yourself from the world and you're going to have to shut some things off. You should shut off everything except for right on radio. <laughs> Come on. I do this for a living folks now. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but I'm going to give you some examples and these are direct examples from the Bible about being separated and really just spending time hearing your own uh, thoughts and communicating with God. When you can spend time disassociated from the world, you can actually start to know the difference between your voice and God's voice in your head. And I don't see any other way. Uh, you need to do sabbaticals. Um, you have to. Here's some examples. Uh, how about, well, John the Baptist uh, in the wilderness, Matthew 3, 1 to 4. How about Jesus in the wilderness, Matthew 4, 1 to 11. How about the Apostle Paul in the desert, uh, Galatians 1, uh, 17 and 2, Verse 1. Uh, how about Moses and his Egyptian education? Exodus 2, verses 10. Uh, Hebrews 11, 23 to 24. Uh, Abraham and his father. Uh, Genesis 12, uh, verse 1. And uh, David uh, as, was also isolated as a shepherd in 1 Samuel 
16, verse 11. So we need to take that time and discern the voice inside of you. And the more, and, and I, I don't know of any other way other than really going into the wilderness, being alone, uh, spending time. And it doesn't have to be 40 days at one time. Like if you could, that might be good, include some fasting. But need to go get the quietness. And, uh, you know, camping is a great way for me uh, to do these things. And, you know, although I usually will go with my wife, um, my wife is very in independent and she loves to read her books and stuff like that. And so I get a lot of alone time and it's, and it's good alone time. And, you know, it's just so good to refresh. And, you know, another thing that I have is motorcycles. You know, if I go on a motorcycle trip, well, you know, inherently riding a motorcycle, I'm not talking to anybody, <laughs> you know, and I get to spend alone time. And it's really, really healthy. And so find ways for yourself to separate yourself from the world in, in at least your mind. Uh, you're not going to be distracted. And start to understand where you're getting information from, uh, why you're getting that information. And starting to discern, is this my voice in my head? Or is this God's voice in my head? And God's voice is always going to line up with, uh, with his word. So that is uh, really one of the secrets to doing this. Um, well, it's not a secret, but uh, you know, lack of a better term. But we have to do this to climb up out of our fallen nature. And you're, you're not going to defeat your fallen nature on your own. It's only the Spirit of God in you. But, you know, your sins have been forgiven, but you still have the programming of the world in you. And we need to systematically start to remove the world system to have that renewed mind that the Lord wants you to have. And it's the Lord's word that renews the mind. It's not your own effort. But in every situation that I can think of in the Bible, God wants you to participate in it. And, you know, you'll be as close to the Lord as you want to be. The more you press in, the more he presses in to you. And, you know, I just look at, you know, an example I always go back to, but at that Red Sea, you know, he had to put the staff in the water. He had to do something. He had to move in faith. And so to get that renewed mind, uh, look, maybe it happened the second that you were born again. But I think most of us have to work at it a little bit. We have to press in. We have to start emptying ourselves of what the world and what Pharaoh has taught us and spent billions and billions of dollars to do it in every aspect of our culture. To get re renewed mind, we got to get the old mind out. 
and there's a saying that, uh, and, and a lot of this teaching comes from one of my mentors, uh, Dennis Peacock. The, the majority of my notes came from, from his teachings. Um, and uh, look him up. He, it's, he's worth it, uh, particularly if you're in business. Um, but he made a quote, thinking new and acting old. So, you know, we become born again. We start to get this new mindset. Oh, I can't do that anymore, but I still do these things. Thinking new and acting old, where we want to think new and act new. And acting anew is to actually walk with God in the process of it. And when you walk with God, you're seeing the things that God sees. Because you're what he... He says, take my yoke. He wants to be right beside you. He wants to disciple you, not lecture you. He wants to disciple you. So if you're walking with God and Jesus says, look to the left. You're looking to the same left he's looking at. You're seeing what God is seeing. Are you starting to understand how it works? Man, I hope you share this with someone, but uh, remember these uh, every single one of these teachings is going to build upon the presuppositions of the previous ones. So this is really systematically put together to achieve a new type of success into your life. And, you know, the secular world out there teaches you that uh, if you do things in the secular way, then this is what happens because you've seen it. You've had the examples all of your life. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible wants us to create. And uh, and God wouldn't have wanted us to create the world the way it is right now because uh, the world is Babylon, <laughs> essentially. And uh, we know what God does to Babylon. So uh, we can we can actually start to create our new world. Um, we really can create it. Um, and listen, all the things the Bible says are going to happen are going to happen. But, you know, God's in control of the timing and not Satan. So we need to, uh, we, we can, it's not too late. And if many of us, you know, step up and start to do this, um, move away from being carnal and ignorant, which is the world that is created right now. Uh, the biggest problem in society is people are self-centered. That's not biblical. And so how do we combat all of these things? We get away from just looking at it and we actually start to go against demonic powers using the word of God. And we need to also tackle ideologies and religious systems. And that might not make sense on face value. But when we look at Jesus, who were the biggest opposers and the greatest foe of Jesus? Well, it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was the religious system 
working against us because it changes our message. It masks itself so it becomes an imposter. It masks itself as the true thing, and it steers people away from knowing who they are in Christ. The religious system steers people away from knowing who they are in Christ. And, well, but we're supposed to be good Christians. Turn the other cheek. No. I think it's time to attack. Attack the gates of hell. Hell and the demonic powers that run it. You're going to see more of this from me. I'm not just saying these words. I'm going to step up into action. Of course, you've seen I've already taken some action. But I'm going to... You know, listen. <laughs> the greatest lesson is for the teacher. And I'm literally getting revelation as I'm looking at this camera. Wow. New goggles, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do uh, hit the like button. Maybe even share this on your social media. Share the, the, the you know, the, this the third one. So share all three if you believe it's worthwhile. Uh, I truly do love each and every one of you, and I thank God uh, for you. Each time I do this, I, you know, I, I pray to God that I will steward the audience that, uh, and the community, you know, it's not an audience. This is not about me being on screen. It's about our community, but, um, I really do want to steward you and I might not lead the best, most upright life, man. I wish I had it all together. You know, I wish I was just like, just like Jesus. But I'm a work in progress. I was uh, had a really bad fallen nature, and uh, I looked to the world for answers, and I did this for a good portion of my life, and I'm just repenting of it and walking away from it and wanting to walk with God more and more and sin less and less. And uh, so I don't ever want to present myself as someone that you should admire, someone that's up on a pedestal, or anything like that. But God has placed me here, and he's given me a directive. And you know what? I said, yes, I'll do it. When I started this podcast, I didn't think I was going to do a faith-based podcast. <laughs> wasn't my desire. But I had to do it because I wasn't going to say that I found out this and I did nothing, found out about the children in particular, and I did nothing. I'm not going to go stand in front of my Lord and say, well, I knew it, but I did nothing. So we do need to start to take action. And if he can use me, he can use you. You might be a retired grandmother, you know, a widow, or you might be a, a young uh, person uh, you know, who's just, uh, you know, thinking about going to college or, you know, no matter where you are in or midlife where, you know, I am, I'm, I'm in my fifties and, you know, is it too late for God to start using me? No, it's just the beginning. So be encouraged, get that renewal of your mind that God promises. And I hope that, uh, he used me here 
to help to give you some more tools to do that. God bless you, and I'll see you on the next New Goggles.